Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. But as always, we kick off today's edition with a new episode of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, uh, today is Wednesday, January 6th. Otherwise, if you're joining us via the airwaves, it's already Thursday, January 7th. I'm John Van Trieste, and I'm so happy because we've got two people joining me here in the studio today, Natalie Tso and Stash Butler. Say hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, hello. Hi there. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk about relying on the kindness of strangers. We'll be telling you how a kind motorist helped make sure that a stranded high school kid got to school on time. Then we'll be introducing an HBO Asia romantic comedy centered on the backdrop of Taipei's metro system. And how the American Institute in Taiwan helped save the life of a Taiwanese black-faced spoonbill, a migratory bird. All that coming up next. Please stick around. We start off with a heartwarming story. Uh, it just goes to show how nice Taiwanese motorists can sometimes be when they're not uh, when they're able to uh, drive properly. I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, not getting in your way. <laughs> yeah, or trying to uh, play chicken with buses. They have that uh, yeah, and, habit and as with well. The motor, uh, motorcycles. Uh, yeah, this is a very nice person who did a very good deed for a high school student stranded on the road. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is, I think, uh, a story from a couple of days ago where. A, in Kaohsiung City, which is in the south of Taiwan, um, a high school student failed to catch his school bus. Um, you know, which is something I think we've probably all been through. Um, you know, on our a weekly kind of commute or daily commute rather into school, and he. Uh, but luckily, there were people on hand to help him, and uh, a man on his bike managed to block the school bus. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, block the school bus on his bike. With his on his bike. He went in front of the bike yeah. to say, "Hey, hey." Pick up the sky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the kindness of strangers. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure where that, you know, in, in terms of kind of road safety laws, where that leaves anyone. Probably but very questionable, but... In, in a difficult position, but... I mean, what was your commute like? Were you kind of... When you're going to school and stuff, did you have a school bus? Is that kind uh, of... A... When I was young, yeah, I had a school bus. And then in high school, my dad had to drive until I could drive myself. Wow. So. Was it like those, like, you know... That you see on TV, the kind of yellow American. Yes, the That's yellow the one. American. Wow. I had to walk a long ways too. I had to like walk like 20 minutes when I was in first grade. Really? Thinking about it, that's kind of quite a lo long walk. We didn't have one. Did at you my, have to do that? We didn't have one until high school. It was always my parents had to take me, and then I was oh, on wow. there for about a year or two, and then my neighbors drove me for a while, and then I learned I had my own license. So. I felt so free when I was 16 and, and drive myself. <laughs> it's uh, much much nicer knowing you're able to leave on your own terms. Yeah. I still can't drive, actually. I've, I haven't learned. 
Oh, oh, you don't have to drive in the UK? No, well, I mean, London, the, the, the public transport's just great. Oh, that's so, great, actually. Yeah. Public transportation is even more convenient, actually. Yeah, exactly. Right? You can get anywhere. Mm. Yeah, and especially when you've got people on hand like this on a motorbike to kind of... <laughs> yeah, if you miss your bus or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, there are, you know, well, good Samaritans everywhere. I know. <laughs> so we have a couple people saying hello to us. Okay. Uh, Rashid Nas, hello. And also he says, good show. So it's good show so far, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and keep it up. Yeah. And then Malik, let's see... Amir Bakash and also Jessica from upstairs. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> also, we have uh, Nilakandan Vizwanathan. Hi, good afternoon. Rainy, cool weather here. What is oh, the here weather as well. today? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is raining, right? Yep. Okay, it's raining. Pretty much the same. Too much More time indoors. I don't get HBO Asia, I don't think, but this new series uh, has already been released, so it looks like a, if you're interested in Taipei or public transport at all, or romantic comedies, uh, it sounds like a good show to check out. It's a comedy series of love stories, and they're all centered on a ring meant for a marriage proposal that gets lost on the Taipei Metro. That bad luck Ooh. there. Mm. Um, a diamond ring. It doesn't say what kind of ring, I Probably. imagine. Probably. Uh, it was, the show uh, is basically a uh, young man who wanted to propose to his girlfriend and uh, was on the Taipei Metro. They've been together five years and he lost the ring during his commute in the first episode. Uh-huh. From there on, I'm not sure if it follows the same person or a bunch of people who lost their rings. This article isn't terribly clear, but uh, each episode does take us to a different station. That's, that's the that's backdrop. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Each one takes us to a different station and sort of uh, indirectly, I guess, introduces the surrounding area. One notable example comes from an episode that focuses on Nan Shijiao, which is the southern end of the Orange Line. And this is an area known uh, for its row of shops. It's Burmese Street, set up by immigrants oh, from have Myanmar. really good food there. Their food is really good, yeah. Very cheap and very authentic. A, and uh, if you need, need any Southeast Asian goods at all, actually, they sell a wide variety of, of things from Thailand as, and uh, other parts of the area as well. Um, and they uh, really have uh, spent a lot of time on this because the, because the idea is to get Taiwanese dramas to break into Asia. I mean, Korean dramas are well known. And here, Chinese dramas are also hugely popular, especially uh, sort of historical period pieces. Uh, But this is a Taiwanese drama that they're trying to promote. And so as a result, and the varied countries in which it will be released, including Thailand and the Philippines, and also they're going to release it in Hong Kong, the script had to make sense to all cultural audiences, which meant there was a lot of wrangling over six months of oh, editing really? the script wow. so that to make sure everyone in every region is not too that, specifically though? Taiwanese. Yeah. How could you be Well, there's subtitles, right? Right. It's it's in Mandarin Chinese. Relevant. There are subtitles, but they had to make sure that it wasn't so specifically Taiwanese that the plot were right. specific uh, things with cultural things would get lost on audiences. You talk about the kind of the Burmese station. Are the are the other stations sort of also themed around other nationalities? Uh, or? Where I live in Dingxi, we have Korean Street. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of the Chinese, ethnic Chinese Koreans who moved because of different policies. I didn't know there's a Korean um, Street over yeah, there. Yeah, I want to go. There's a um, Filipino, it's called Little Manila, that's down the road from us. It's not near I've any been station. there. It's, it's nice. But you there's got a lot some good of, food over there. Uh, Filipino churches, especially right, on the and weekends. And a grocery store, too. Just down the road. Um, uh, I love the food. Past the uh, art museum. Food. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a, there's a, yeah, a whole, suddenly all these uh, remittance shops, churches, 
And nice, uh, for all the you know Filipino um, workers, there's also an under area of the underground uh, shopping mall by Taipei Main Station that uh, caters a lot to Indonesians. That's true. Right. That's true. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different diversity here, um, but there's other. It doesn't mention any of the other metro stations, but they all, uh, in a lot of cases, have something special about them. The zoo station obviously has the zoo. Um, <laughs> Danshui has seaside views and a sort of riverside promenade. So there's a lot of uh, stations that ha have something interesting or worth exploring nearby. Um, and uh, yeah, days have spent, like I said, more than uh, six months on the scripts. And it took two days to shoot the scene where he loses the ring. It's a five-minute scene. It took them two days. Wow. To I mean, it seems, you know, on the face of it, to be quite a simple scene, you'd think. <laughs> oh, I've dropped the ring. <laughs> but, Cut, we're done. Really yeah, but no, we need it from a different angle, but I guess. No. Or <laughs> Slow motion. Well, you drop it in a certain way. And then yeah. It's a dramatic, um, right? It takes training. I think there may be more than one ring lost, or at least it features people in different relationships in, because it says that... Uh, it explores the concept, this series, of love and marriage among different age groups, from teens to those in their 60s. This is from the oh, producer. Wow. But they can't, all be, they can't all be getting married, presumably. I guess some of them are some married. Them Maybe, yeah. they're, Maybe they're people that the, the protagonist meets along the way in the search for the ring. Or perhaps the ring itself is sort of, you Traveling know, around. Yeah. What is know. this? That's true. The uh, show called again? Uh, the English title is Adventure of the Ring. and ah. It premiered in mid-December. Um, so I'll it's out. There's it out. eight, mm -hmm. five of the eight episodes have been aired. It says as of the time this article was written through HBO TV channels and the HBO Go app, and the series is set to conclude in the last week of January. So it's still ongoing. Um, it sounds uh, definitely unique. Usually these things are very um, sappy and don't really have much substance to them. This sounds like a cultural introduction to to Taipei. So. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I hope uh, it'll have a sort of appeal that, you know, Korean and Chinese dramas do. I don't know how uh, familiar you two or our listeners are with the black-faced spoonbill as a type of migratory bird. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah. Actually, uh, one of my uh, apartment mates is very uh, into birds, so I have been introduced to this. Okay. It's been pointed out to me. They're, they uh, they usually head towards, I've been told, the south of Taiwan. There's some marshes along Tainan and Gaosheng. Uh, it's warmer down there, right? Yeah, mm. they, they winter down there. And uh, as the name suggests, they have a big black bill which is where they get their name from unfortunately they have a very um and i've interviewed a conservation group who who works with these birds before they have a habit of getting very ill mm. from food poisoning that's not a good habit oh, to have <laughs> it says it's among the worst habits yeah they had a, a, an incident i don't remember how many years ago now it's mentioned in this article as well where a group of the birds all got botulism from something they ate oh. um and this happened again this year um, and uh, this poor bird was not even able to, well, eat anything, obviously, but even walk or move when they mm -hmm. rescued it. Uh, it had uh, also eaten something that had gone bad or been uh, contaminated, and some somebody found it and rushed it to an animal hospital in Tainan, which is where they usually hang out, mm. and uh, in a very strange twist, they were able to give it a rare antitoxin serum used to treat botulism that the American Institute in Taiwan had helped the city to obtain somehow. Apparently, this is a hard antitoxin to come by. It's a strategic material, and so I guess people kind of 
keep it there in case there's an outbreak or something on hand. Um, it's very expensive as well. One dose costs twenty thousand NT dollars. Wow! Oh, wow, it's about six hundred US dollars. Yes. Um, apparently, Tainan gets its antitoxin serum from the American Institute in Taiwan, and it's kept the supply at all times. And that's after that last incident several years ago. Um, the serum, I guess they're good for the COVID vaccine too, because it's already being, they already have the facilities for storing it. Uh, this antitoxin is stored at minus 20 degrees Celsius, so they'll be ready for COVID vaccines when they come in. There you go. Um, yeah, it couldn't stand this bird when it was, was bought in. It couldn't move its wings. And, but after only uh, 0.5 cc's of serum, it started recovering. And the hospital personnel are still manually feeding it. On its, it's on its road to recovery uh, because it's afraid of this, the unusual surroundings, and it will not eat on. It refuses to eat on its own. But they think in a few days, this bird will be back to uh, being ready to be released into the wild. Oh, so, that's wonderful. I, a very I put lucky a bird. Um, link to the you know pictures of black face spoonbills. They're very interesting looking animals. They um, are, and I also have some. We have had some comments here. Okay. So Amir Jamil says hi. I am Amir from Pakistan. Your live program is going so great. Your voices and picture quality is very nice. That's good to hear. Jandalari says hello, and Rafiola Mandokale is saying um, greetings from Pakistan. Ivy Limunhe says, praise the Lord. I um, mean, I think as you mentioned church. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> and then um, it sounds like a Filipino name. I'm not sure if it's... Uh, anyways, Amir Jamil says, your highest number of listeners of RTI English service here in Pakistan. Jen Delore says, Lord of the Rings, Taiwan style. I think you're talking about the... <laughs> that, oh. uh, yeah, that, I don't um, think it, 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 it uh, twists people minds but um mm. well that would be an interesting that would be an interesting yeah, twist yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the the estate of uh tolkien might sue them but yeah i think that would be, that would be an interesting copyright <laughs> battle <laughs> yeah. all right That's thanks to everyone who's been writing in keep the comments coming yes I don't know if you guys use a food panda or similar food delivery services here in Taiwan, but in the last year or so especially, they've become ubiquitous. Really They're everywhere. Yeah. Right. You can tell them because they have these little packs on their back or scooters. Mm. And the advertising but, is everywhere as well. Right. Um, you have to be very careful how you treat their delivery people, though, if you're going to be a restaurant that's affiliated with them. Uh, food Panda has refused to list this one restaurant, uh, apparently a popular duck restaurant, after an employee there was filmed uh, verbally and uh, verbally abusing and threatening a delivery driver and uh, they've had to the the person involved has had to take a leave of absence and they've shut down everything like their Facebook really? page and everything wow. because uh, of the PR nightmare that has ensued I can because imagine as always happens, especially in Taiwan, where th this is sort of standard fare for the evening news, um, uh, everyone saw it and uh, jumped on the bag wagon to attack this restaurant. Uh, what happened was, well, this was first po posted by a Facebook group where these types of videos are often shared on January 2nd. And it features an employee of, it's called the Fuwang Duck Specialty Shop. It's in Taichung, in central Taiwan. Uh, and they ignored a food panda driver waiting for an order for about 20 minutes. And then uh, she asked, like, when will it be done? And they said, well, 10 more minutes. And then 
she started complaining because it had been 15 minutes and she, three other orders that were placed after hers had, oh, no. had come out already. Right. I would complain too. I have and sympathy with this, driver. I've, well, I, I, yeah. yeah, They're on a, a timer. Yeah, and you know, you get right. paid, paid you by delivery. To. And mm. you can't be like, well, I'm just not going to deliver it now. It's So she's mm. waiting in line and... Um, yeah, the, the well, we can't repeat some of the things that this employee said <laughs> to uh, uh, this this uh, delivery driver. But then he th- physically threatened her, and wow. uh, she took it to the film to the police. Actually, so she um, filmed the whole affair. Yeah, and uh, she went to the uh, after she delivered that order because they finally sorted it out and gave it to her. She went to the Taichung City Police Department and showed officers the video. So they questioned the the man, the young employee there, about the incident. He says his emotions had gotten the better of him, but I just there's nothing in the film to suggest what had gotten him so worked up to begin with. Mm. Uh, he expressed regret, but uh, by this point it seems to have been too late. There's a lot of one-star reviews on Google since it's gone public, and uh, the Facebook, the eatery's Facebook page oh is full of negative uh, remarks. They fire the guy. Well, it says he's the manager of the shop. Oh, oh no. Well, that complicates things. <laughs> yeah. That has really done it for that shop then, right? Um, yeah, he had to take, it's in, I don't know, this should be in quotes, personal leave because of this incident. He's now afraid for his safety, apparently, and will not go out of his home. Food Panda has announced uh, as recently as Monday that it's contacted the driver and, and apologized, which I think is a nice thing because uh, these companies are not known for treating their employees especially well or <laughs> nicely. Um, and it's stated that it will fully support the driver and uh, if she's going to take legal action against the restaurant. It's wow. also said, um, yeah, it's condemned the employee for its inappropriate language and it said that restaurant partners and the general public should all respect its drivers and work together to create what it calls a friendly and healthy delivery environment. So, That's a good lesson for everyone not to lose your temper, right? I just, well, I mean, I just don't know what it was he lost his temper well, about. Well, I mean, maybe he was just stressed <laughs> out. I mean, or maybe he had an argument with his wife. I think restaurants or, are quite stressful environments. That's true. He's, mean, he's, went, he's gone to the Gordon Ramsay School of Restaurant <laughs> Management. Right. <laughs> I mean, as a human being, I've lost my cool uh, in different situations, but... Yeah, on camera, really. Well, he should. I don't think he knew he was on camera. It was, yeah. today with phone, it's hard it to tell. You do work. That's not a um, right. Of course, it's not good to do it anytime. Not so. <laughs> not at home. Not at, no. Out and about. All right, moving on now. Instead, to a story uh, of redemption, uh, an ex-convict who had a very difficult time returning to society and finding a job has, with the help of police and some local officials, uh, become a well-liked and uh, actually even popular local farmhand. That's nice to know. So what happened? Um, It doesn't say what he was serving a sentence for, but uh, that's not important. He's uh, become sort of a farmer thanks to the help of uh, the local police precinct. This is in Miaoli County uh, in sort of northwestern Taiwan. Um, the station chief of the local police office in, at Wumei Station visited an ex-convict in October. I guess uh, this part of the reintegration. They have certain uh, periods where they meet face-to-face and talk about how things are going. And they found that, found that the man, who's 50 years old, had not been able to locate a job since his release. And he's also got two elderly parents who need him to give them uh, money because they have a very small pension, but it's not enough to support themselves in retirement. And so uh, thinking about it, the police officer remembered that a uh, former borough chief in the area had asked him 
well, a while before that to help find someone to help with his farm. He's got a 15-hectare farm, and he was getting old and needed a hand. And uh, so they agreed to give this former convict a shot. And since then, it says that uh, he's had the job, been working steady for two months, and has even been making local friends. And uh, they say that villagers... I guess they, everyone, it's a sort of place where everyone knows everyone, have, mm. have made positive comments to him, the policeman said this, uh, and that uh, the man's parents, who rely on him for that extra income, have also come and thanked him, and the former borough chief for helping get this son, now in his 50s, to, to you know, turn a page. Because it is hard at that age regularly to find a, a new job, you know? That's true. Um, and then people are afraid if you're an ex-convict. Right, mm. uh, you know, and uh, the police chief said he hoped that people will have more tolerance and goodwill to towards ex-offenders to make them feel accepted so that they can be integrate and uh, he apparently he's a hard worker and uh, it's a fresh start yeah so. well I believe Taiwan uh, has uh, been well praised for its gender equality that is right we are actually uh, number one in Asia so mm. isn't that nice to know not surprising I mean we have a female head of state a that's legislature right. that's largely female and a, a number of cabinet positions including economics minister that's true women. also you know we passed the same-sex marriage law last year right. um, we ranked number nine in the world uh, we have actually much of our legislature I don't remember exact percentage but uh, is female right something like 38% or something pretty high. We also have what I believe is one of the world's few trans women as a minister. Right. Uh, super right. genius Audrey Tong. Yeah, <laughs> and she's done a lot for Taiwan. She's she is really uh, 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 so, so, a lot. so hardworking that she works in her sleep. Yeah. That, that's actually true. <laughs> that's a quote. <laughs> we'll be talking about that uh, in Taiwan Insider this week. Okay. So um, she'll share her secret. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. But um, so let's see. Oh, that's right. So in 2018, 38.7% of legislators in Taiwan were female. So that's higher than China, South Korea, Japan. Um, and also Taiwan's um, women are highly educated. And let's see here. About 92% of women aged 25 to 29 are working. And let's see here. We have some other interesting statistics. Um, female entrepreneurs make up about 37% of the uh, heads of small and medium-sized businesses in Taiwan. So over a third um, of small businesses are owned by women. And let's see. Women actually, we make, um, uh, okay, we make up, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> so oh, we got so many statistics here. So, it's hard to know where to begin. Yeah. So, how, how do we do in terms of, like, say, maternity leave? I mean, you have experience yourself. Uh, uh, we have about two months of maternity leave. Is that good in terms That's, of Asia, or? Um, I I don't know in terms of Asia. I think it's more than the U.S. Well, I don't think there is maternity leave in the U.S. There's no maternity leave in the U.S. Not guaranteed. And oh I think God. it depends on your employer. Wow. It's less than like Northern Europe, which is probably like six months or something. Right. Um, also, we have our, our gender pay gap is getting smaller, so it's um, decreased by 4%. So now it's about 14.6%. It used to be more than that. Um, you know, in Japan, it's like 32%. Wow. South mm. Korea is about 32%. So, um, and I think over half of Taiwan's women are employed. Mm -hmm. So... What 
guys think of the gender equality here? Even though you guys are guys, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're not the ones to remark yeah, on that. Really, I'm not but... sure I'm qualified to reply. Okay, well, you know, I do notice that a lot of women feel empowered to work, uh, to get good educations, and to have ambitions in their career. I don't think there's not as many um, stereotypes about what women can do. Of course, there's certain industries where you see more men, like science and research and things like that. And but I think that compared to other places in Asia, uh, Taiwan women, I feel, you know, they, they feel empowered to, to pursue whatever career they want and get the education they want and to be financially independent, which gives them a lot more choices in life. Some friends of mine from other parts of Asia that have lived here or live here now have also remarked on that, uh, that Taiwanese women in their view are uh, much more independent Right, mm. I think because I, I have visited Korea and uh, Japan, and I feel like they succumb to more traditional roles once they get married. Mm-hmm. Maybe not independent, uh, confident. It might be the word, like ready to just go get them. You know, I think that I think it's in the culture. Maybe it's the partly the democracy, and it's less patriarchal here. So it's I interesting because we come from the same sort of Confucian roots. Mm. Uh, we've we, we've gone we've done something right. <laughs> that's right. So I think it's great because look at we have a female president. Yeah, right? she feels empowered. All right, do what she wants to do. <laughs> well, thanks so much to everyone who wrote in on Facebook Live, and thanks to everyone who tuned in today to today's episode of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Natalie So. I'm Stash Butler. Please stay tuned next because it, up next is hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. Namaste and welcome to this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. If you're wondering about my peculiar introduction, well, it's going to make sense in a little bit because this week's Hashtag Taiwan is about India and how they came to Taiwan's defense during National Day. I know we have a lot of Indian listeners, so I'm going to jump right into it. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about India. Relations between Taiwan and India are thriving, and not just in the diplomatic sense. Taiwan and India are coming together in support of one another online. This past weekend, Taiwan celebrated National Day. RTI's coverage got a disproportionate amount of support from users in India. Don't take it from me, even President Tsai Ing-wen took to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to say, Thank you to all of our dear friends in India for your well wishes on Taiwan National Day. Together, we can take pride in safeguarding our shared values like freedom and human rights and defending our democratic way of life. Hashtag namaste. Shortly afterwards, she made another post saying, Hashtag namaste to our friends from India. Thank you for following me here. Your warm regards remind me of fond memories from time spent in your incredible country. Your architectural marvels, vibrant culture, and kind people are truly unforgettable. I miss my time there dearly. So why this spike in online support from India? The answer is China. And no, I don't mean that China is brokering better relations between Taiwan and India. In fact, Indian and Chinese relations have soured over border disputes over the past few months. So what happened with regards to Taiwan? On October 7th, a full-page advertisement appeared in Indian newspapers for a special TV report about Taiwan's National Day airing on India's World is One News. The report was a collaboration between 
between WION and Taiwan's representative office in New Delhi. The Chinese embassy, unhappy with the program, sent a letter to Indian media outlets that said things like there is only one China in the world and Taiwan is an inalienable part of China's territory. All stuff we've heard before. But before I move on, I'd like to point out that WION published a video on August 29th titled Dear World, Taiwan Needs Your Support. Bravo. Anyway, in response, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu took to Twitter, as he does, and said that Taiwan's Indian friends will tell China to, quote, get lost in all caps because he has a lot of faith in India. After that, nothing happened and everyone went home. Nah, I'm just messing with you. This is what happened. An official from India's ruling BJP put up 100 posters with the Taiwanese flag outside of the Chinese embassy in New Delhi. The posters had Taiwan in big block letters on them and said, Happy National Day. The official said that both Taiwan and India are democratic societies that cannot restrict the press, unlike China. That stunt isn't saying, get lost. It's saying, Joseph Wu returned to Twitter with a tweet saying, Hats off to our friends from around the world this year, India in particular, for celebrating Taiwan National Day. With your support, Taiwan will definitely be more resilient in meeting challenges, especially those get lost types. JW. We here at Taiwan Insider are certainly no strangers to support from India. Our Indian fans are some of the most encouraging that we have. And to them, I'd like to say, hashtag namaste. And that just about does it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you didn't know, Hashtag Taiwan is part of the Taiwan Insider Series, a weekly news magazine produced by Radio Taiwan International. You can watch the TV show on our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International or facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. While you're there, leave us a like, subscribe to us, and leave a comment to say hello. Anyway, until next week, you guys, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you again soon. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Now, when it comes to dealing with COVID-19, Taiwan has the best record in the world. That's right. And that's why our person of the year in medicine is Health Minister Chen Shizhong. Minister Chen has been tireless in his efforts. He led press conferences every day until the pandemic was contained in mid-April, and his policies have helped Taiwan see a very low death rate in the single digits and help life return to near normal this year. But perhaps most of all, it's his steady hand and his gentle demeanor that have made him a hero here in Taiwan. Health Minister Chen Shizhong is now promoting domestic travel. He says if we're in a good mood, it helps prevent disease. Minister Chen is also setting fashion trends. If you look closely at the pattern on his shirt, you'll see black-faced spoonbills from Tainan's Chigu Lagoon. 
The head of Tainan's Cultural Affairs Bureau, Jason Ye, says the blackface spoonbill shirts have become very popular. They're sold out. And the straw hat Chen sported? They're sold out, too. Looks like wherever he goes, whatever he does, Taiwan's beloved health minister is making a difference. Everybody loves a winner, especially when it's someone who's been at it for more than 60 years. So it's no surprise that our person of the year in the category of film this year is veteran actress Chen Su-Fang. At this year's Golden Horse Awards, otherwise known as Taiwan's Oscars, Chen Su-Fang walked away with not one, but two acting awards. All the stars were out in force for the Golden Horse Awards this past Saturday in Taipei, and they went without masks, at least on the red carpet. With the pandemic largely at bay, Taiwan is one of the few places in the world that large-scale events like this are possible. One of the most memorable parts of the evening was veteran actress Chen Shufang walking away with both the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress awards. It was the 81-year-old actress's first time walking the red carpet in her six-decade-long career. Chen starred opposite Best Actor winner Mo Ziyi in Dear Tenant, the story of a gay man who struggles to take care of his deceased partner's son. Chen won Best Actress for her role in the family drama Big Little Women, making her the first actress to win both acting awards in the same year. After acting for so many years, she says, it's not fulfilling to take roles unless they're challenging. But if you can do one scene or even one line well, then you're the leading actor. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. If you Google about Sherry Lin, that's S-H-E-R-R-Y and then L-I-N, you'll see that she was probably the youngest Taiwanese person to visit the Arctic. That's because she's just an adventure seeker, and she has parents who support her crazy, risk-seeking personality. She's the only child, too, so what can you say or do, right, if you're the parents? The Arctic rendezvous was to promote an outdoor clothing brand, and she was racing using huskies. I never thought I would meet someone who has done that, because I thought you only see that in movies. Anyway, at a young age, she has already traveled to tons of countries around the world. So she's been way up north of the Earth. Today, you'll hear about her trip to way down south, the Antarctica. The Antarctica. Mm-hmm. What happened? I mean, how come you went to Antarctica? One day I was in uh, sitting in my class, and then I got a message from Facebook. So uh-huh. a company that sent me a message and say, oh, we arrange a, an adventure to the South Pole and we need a youth representative. Would you be interested in to have an interview? An mm-hmm. interview by who? By a company called Gamania. It's a video game company. Mm-hmm. What does Gamania and Antarctica have to do with each other? So Gamania's boss, uh, whose name is Albert, he's quite a crazy person. Actually. He's Taiwanese? Yes, he's Taiwanese. Okay. He went to North Pole uh-huh. and, like 10 years ago. Okay. And 10 years after, he wants to go to the South Pole. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So is there any difference between the Arctic and Antarctica? Is there any difference? Yeah. Um, really? Like... 
Antarctica is super dry, oh. but the Arctic region is really humid. Oh, yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> huh? Oh, because the like, the Arctic region mm. is the North Sea, okay. but Antarctica is land. Oh, yeah, it's a oh. continent. So like, I it's see. Different. Mm-hmm. So I would start from the purpose of the trip that we want to trace back to the first person, which is Amundsen, on a. Uh, person from Norway, he was the first person to reach the South Pole by, I think, dog sledding or so. Right. And then we want to went to the same track. The same, oh. Mm, to follow, follow him. To relive that track. Okay. Yes. So the preparation was about one year. Mm. I need to quit one semester in order to train my physique. Physique? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So what kind of training this time? Oh, a lot. Of a lot? Mm-hmm. Weights? Everything? Yes. Uh, one particular one is we need to haul... Uh, tire, like oh, right, yeah. th- right to the riverbank for three times uh, a week, okay. and from one hour, two hours to three hours. Where did the training take place? The riverbank next to Neihu District, because the company, uh, the company is right next yeah, yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you were able to do it because uh, first of all, Sherry is tall. She's 174 centimeters tall. <laughs> so specific. Yeah. <laughs> Because I can see why you're able to lug... Um, but I was the weakest one. You were the weakest? Mm. Sure, because you're a female. Yeah, the only one. The only one on the team. How many people were there that actually went? Including the director and cameraman, seven. Only seven? Yes. And you were the only female on the yes. team? Mm-hmm. How many days were you in Antarctica? One and a half months. I thought you were going to say one and a half days. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half months. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. now... Did you say that Antarctica was tougher than Arctic? Definitely. Yeah. In uh-huh. what ways? For example, the temperature is super low. Um, it was like minus forty degrees. Okay. And also, did you get frostbites again? And this this time is better. Oh, okay. I'm prepared. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. And also, like, uh, because we were cross country skiing to the South Pole. The distance oh. was around three hundred and five uh, fifty kilometers, and it's always upward. The wind was pretty okay. strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. The thing was that they had to make sure that you're physically able. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Did they have other candidates before they finally decided on you? Because I was asked, asked to have an interview and there were several other people. Being interviewed? Yes. Okay. So okay. They, they chose me. So Yeah. Out of how many people? Be interviewed. I do have you know? no idea. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. How did you all do? I mean, everybody was fine. Nobody got sick. Any accidents? So originally, like our path to follow uh, the explorer Amundsen was six hundred and sixty kilometers. Yeah. But because we we were confronted with uh, snowstorm and mm. and so on, so we cut the mm. distance from eighty seven degree to the South Pole, which is half of the original distance. Oh, I would say that's kind of so an it's a half of it. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. What thoughts along the way? I mean, you guys ate the same kind of food, right? That you had before, like dried food. You said yes. spaghetti and the <laughs> yeah, but like the days extended to one and a half months. So, like in the end, when I smell those food, I just want to throw up. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> but you, but but then you are hungry, so you feel like you want to yeah, eat something. Yeah, and because human will um, consume like eight thousand calories in the Arctic. Oh. Area, so we need to like really in a day eat. Mm-hmm. a lot, especially oh, wow. we were cross country skiing, right? Yeah. yeah, so you learned how to cross country ski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you guys try fishing? 
No, we don't have that. We didn't even see any、oh, animals. I would say. Oh, okay.、Mm-hmm. Really? You didn't even see a like a wait a minute. Polar bears are in the north, so、mm-hmm. okay. What do you? They have penguins in the in the penguins, south. Penguins, um, they are in peninsula, uh-huh. uh, like right next to the sea.、Uh-huh. But we were in inland.、Mm-hmm. So everywhere you look is just white. Yes, all white. There's. All white. So, like, um, before I went to Antarctica, my friends asked me, "Oh, Sherry, you need to see some see, sceneries that we didn't,、yeah. we wouldn't be able to see in Taiwan." And right now, I was just, you just put a white paper in front of you, and you won't know. <laughs> I know that is so funny, but that would be hard to find your direction. You have to use compass, and we have GPS. Oh, okay. Oh,、yes. they have GPS there. You just ski every day. Yes. What else do you do? Eat. A lot, yeah. Oh, and also one,、uh, one really. Did you guys use dog sleds? No, no, not this time. Dog sled is forbidden to be used in yeah Antarctica. In Antarctica.、Mm-hmm. So you're totally on your own.、Mm-hmm. This is a lot more challenging than your trip to Arctic. Yeah, yeah. And also there were no、uh, nights. It's all daylight. Yeah, every all the time.、Mm-hmm. So you guys have to pitch tent to sleep. Yes, you guys have sleeping bags, right?、Mm-hmm. But you don't sleep right on the ice. You we got mattress, mattress.、Mm-hmm. and you guys carry your own mattress. Yes, that is lugging a lot of stuff on yourself. Yeah, do you guys we could barely talk because the wind was so strong? And but I mean, like before bedtime, do you guys like? Ah,、uh, yeah, yeah. Sit around a fire. Do you guys build、no. a fire? You don't、no. build fires. Well, you don't、got. build fires. <laughs> so, 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 what do you, what do you guys do? What do you guys chat about? Did you try to write a diary? Keep、yes. a diary. You did.、Mm-hmm. I was the only one, one to、who? keep a diary. Wow. Yeah.、Uh-huh. Uh, oh, so like before we went to bed, we would sit around. A, we have a kitchen tent. Okay. So we would sit there and. Just reflect what we have been through today and how much we need need to push for tomorrow. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Did you break down and cry? Like I don't want this anymore. Kind of feeling. No, that, that kind of、uh, thoughts never, have never never crossed your but, mind. Yes, but I, I cried several the other? times. You did、uh-huh. uh, because of the cold, not the cold, and also the pressure from my teammates because I was super slow. So they need to wait for me, which、um, put a lot of pressure on me. But you said there was the other, also a male college student, right?、Uh-huh. Was it? Yes, he was. He's just more physically able than、athlete. you are. He's an athlete.、Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps, I guess. Wow. So you were skiing and lugging a sled. Yeah, every each every person、one. is、mm-hmm. also lugging a sled. I see.、Mm-hmm. So wow, that is a lot of work.、Yeah. See, if you're the slowest, did they try to lighten your your load? <laughs>、yes. They should. Yeah, they should. They did. They did. I know. I'm really grateful. Yeah, this is really amazing. A month and a half. Were you able to get in touch with your mom and dad during that time to just talk to them and tell them that you're okay? Ah.、Uh, Three times. Three times through satellite phones. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> this is really amazing. Now、yeah. you're. Do you feel like you're not afraid of anything in the world anymore? Because you you overcame that trip to Antarctica. You feel like you know the world is under your arms, you know, and you can. You're not afraid of anything anymore. You're、mm. a superwoman. <laughs> do you feel that? Not really. No. I. Like this experience really、um, strengthened my mind and in all aspects, but still life has a lot of different challenges. 
mm. and it's not the same mm-hmm. as the adventure in Antarctica. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. What's the next challenge you you've dreamed of? You think of something uh-huh. that you imagine that oh you like to do, try yeah something. What what's that? Then North Pole. What back to the North Pole, but actually really going to the North Pole. You say yes because last time it was just the Arctic. Mm-hmm. But oh, you just told me you're afraid of the cold, and now you want to go back to Arctic. I just feel like I've reached the South Pole, and if I could cross country skiing to the North Pole, that would be. You serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, have you shared that idea with anybody? Yes. Is somebody, is a company or a sponsor <laughs> is thinking about like, okay, okay, Sherry, you want to do that? Let's make it happen. N- not not no. yet. I want to find a reason to persuade people to let Find a reason go. to persuade. Mm-hmm. You do. Have you talked it over with your parents? What what suggestions do they have they given you? Have you talked to your parents mm-hmm. about this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're going to hear this. But they know that this is a seed. In my mind. Oh so. my goodness, mm-hmm. that is amazing! You do intend to get married and have a family, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm trying to picture, like you know, when you do have a family, how are you going to bring your whole family and your kids and say, "Let's go for a crazy adventure," you know? And then they're going to think, "We've got a crazy mom." <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'm just yeah. I'm just throwing that out. But anyway, this is really amazing. And actually, you do more than you know. Um, I think you've got a great heart. That you know, you like to do volunteer work and you challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's like you, who's so brave to challenge everything. Take risks, mm-hmm. right? Because for your trip to an- the Antarctica, you had to sign uh, a consent form. It's yeah. a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? If you were to die out there, do they leave your body there? No, <laughs> like the insurance company is not going to take any responsibility of my death. Got it. Mm-hmm. So it's talking about the insurance company. Yeah. Oh, I see. This is really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Sherry. Thank you for having you me. You know, um, definitely you're going to go on my show again in the future. If you <laughs> ever try another big adventure, another big risk, mm-hmm. and um, I want to hear your story. I'm sure a lot of people are being inspired by you. <laughs> you. You know, people who don't dare to take risks like me. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> that I want to challenge myself as a person, but um, yeah, good luck. And okay, so you have this idea about going to the Arctic, right? That's mm-hmm. something else. But is there any other dream that you have about life? I uh, want to do some like be in international organizations related to humanitarian aid. Mm, I I got I felt that was coming. I felt that was coming. <laughs> really? Yeah. I hope so. Because I think you have a great heart for. You know the world for society. You know you have a great heart. You know concern about the human race. <laughs> like you're so amazing. <laughs> But you know there are people like you. If only you get to know all these other people who have the same um, mentality as you, and mm-hmm. then you guys can really get together and become a team and start some kind of organization that can really um, bring attention to the world about humanities. Mm-hmm. I think that would be one amazing thing. Yeah, humanitarian aid and things like that. Yeah, thank you for your heart and thank you for you know your courage. I hope it inspires a lot of people out there who hears the story. Yeah. All right, good luck with everything, Sherry. Thank you. Okay, thank you.
Are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw. 